All right, glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza? Lots to get to today. Interesting. I saw this somewhere on Twitter. Uh, blue check mark. J.P. Morgan has a devastating piece arguing infection rates have declined, not increased in states where lockdowns have ended even after allowing for an appropriate measurement lag. Well, that would be good news. Uh, the Illinois State Police have sided with the anti-shutdown uh, protesters against Governor Pritzker. By the way, Pritzker has apparently like $137 billion in unfunded pension money that that he wants uh, from the federal government. That would be all part of what the Democrats have planned. They, they want to spend everybody's money. And the House Democrats have now put forth their next biggest, most expensive coronavirus package. Uh, again, around another three trillion dollars. And what are we finding? It's, uh, yeah, uh, you know, bailing out states, payroll taxes. Oh, they want to uh, literally affordable care act and en- enrollment uh, protections for illegal immigrants, uh, protecting the marijuana industry, testing, tracing, treatment, funding. Uh, but the biggest part of it is, yeah, bailing out the states um, the latest news also is 37 Planned Parenthood affiliates applied for and received a total of $80 million in loans from the Paycheck Protection Program. Uh, and Planned Parenthood is expected to spend $45 million on the 2020 election uh, backing candidates that favor abortion. Oh, that's kind of a dumb waste of our money, I would say. You know, it's, it's funny, by the way, it's, it's just insane how the news media is. You know, we went over their meltdown over Donald Trump and hydroxychloroquine in detail, and they cannot stand the fact that Donald Trump, you're going to die. It's going, it doesn't matter what the experts say. I thought they were the big believers in science. Doesn't matter. The biggest news again from yesterday was the acting DNI uh, director, Rick Rennell, uh, had another major declassification. And this was the CYA email that Susan Rice sent to herself on March the 20th, the day that the president was inaugurated. Susan Rice to Susan Rice. Three times in the letter. Do everything by the book. Uh, Barack Obama said. Now, why would you do that 15 days after the meeting that took place? Because that's when she did it. In the final hours of that administration, on the way out the door. She's she's memorializing a meeting from 15 days earlier. Brennan, Clapper, Comey, Biden, Yates, Rice, all present in the Oval Office uh, about Russia collusion. She writes, President Obama began the conversation by stressing his continued commitment to ensuring that every aspect of this issue is handled by the intelligence and law enforcement communities by the book. Quote, he reiterated. Our law enforcement team needs to proceed as it normally would by the book. And in a paragraph that was later declassified, Director Comey affirmed that he is proceeding by the book. Why would you feel a need to do that 15 days after your meeting took place? That seems a little odd, except that she was probably nervous, except that she probably knows, uh uh-oh, Some of this might come out, and if it does, it's not going to make any of us look too good. And I think that's where the the fear is uh, among the radical extreme leftists 
uh, in every way. Now, what's interesting, there are some new developments on this situation um, because Fox News reported as it relates to these emails by 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 Susan Rice. Now, remember, too, Susan Rice is a known liar. Susan Rice went out there on five Sunday shows, absolutely lied through her teeth about Benghazi. How do we know? Because the guys that were at the annex about a mile away from where the embassy was that knew that the embassy was under fire and were given stand down orders on multiple occasions and decided we don't care about your stand down order or our career. Fellow Americans are dying and we're going to go in and save them, which, by the way, they did. They saved an incalculable number of of lie of lives that day. Anyway, so Rick Rennell has now declassified this. Senator Ron Johnson made it public uh, as of yesterday. The section saying that Comey suggested to Obama that the National Security Council might not want to pass on sensitive information related to Russia. Uh, but they had no such information because the day before that meeting, this whole issue had been debunked and the FBI was closing the case. That again brings Comey into more of a conspiracy, if you will. And Comey has been uncharacteristically quiet. Maybe he's finally beginning to take my advice. And that is Mr. Super Patriot, Mr. Higher Honor, uh, Mr. Corrupt Comey, uh, Jim Comey. Uh, you do have the right to remain silent. I do suggest that you use it. From a national security perspective, Rice says Comey said he does, does have concerns about NSA, incoming NSA Director Flynn speaking frequently with the Russian Ambassador Kislyak. Well, they have the phone calls. It was Comey that okayed the ambush that he's bragging about, something he wouldn't do in previous administrations. So, but what the danger here, and I think now this was the fear and the reason why Susan Rice was doing this, is because this now brings it right into the Oval Office of Barack Obama. What did Barack know? Joe Biden was there. What did Joe know? And then the fact is, all of these people are now going to be called before Lindsey Graham's committee, and I would believe likely they're going to be called before uh, also uh, the committee of Ron Johnson and uh, Senator Charles Grassley. All right. And by the way, Mitch McConnell confirming the Senate is taking steps to issue subpoenas to a variety of these, of these Obama officials. Ron Johnson saying that the classified Rice email shows Obama officials, quote, sabotaging the incoming administration. You know, it, it, it is very obvious what's going on here. Because if when Obama's asking Comey if the NSA should hide information about Russia from General Flynn, and he's saying potentially, he seemed to think that Flynn might pass classified information of the Russians, which was absurd, even though he admittedly had, he admitted that he had no basis for that, which then asked the question and begs the question, well, why didn't you close out the case when you had already had multiple investigations that determined that there was no wrongdoing? And why did you send your agents in something you would never do in the Bush or Obama administrations or get away with? And why are you bragging about sending them in? And why did Andrew McCabe, your deputy FBI director, tell General Flynn that he doesn't need an attorney? Now, this other issue that keeps coming up is this, you know, in perpetuity of impeachment. Because House Democrats arguing before the Supreme Court that impeachment efforts are continuing. Now, the way I understood the way the constitutional process of impeachment is the House impeaches. The trial is held in the Senate. And a verdict is rendered. After the verdict is rendered, 
the case is closed. There's no more venue for appeal whatsoever. But House Democrats, that's not what they're telling the U.S. Supreme Court, despite the decision by the Senate that rejected the impeachment case, not guilty. They want to file new articles of impeachment based on grand jury testimony during the Mueller probe, including that of Roger Stone and Flynn. Uh, supposedly, they're not supposed to even know what's in it. If they do, we need to find out how they found out what is in it. We're getting a lot of indications also today that it appears from all the reporting that the intelligence agencies, this 300 percent increase, especially leading into the year 2016 uh, of unmaskings of Americans, which, by the way, violates their Fourth Amendment rights against unreasonable search and seizure, that apparently there are many other people that were unmasked, just like General Flynn. It appears that many in the Trump family may have been unmasked. I'm told that there might be people uh, that have political opinions that differ from James Comey, Mr. Higher Honor, that they may have also been mentioned. My name was mentioned early on. How long ago? was That was like two years ago, right, Linda? Yep, that's about right. Before they released text messages of mine, before my name shows up in multiple 302s, about 40 pages worth of 302s. 57 pages. 57 pages of 302s? I had the no, read I think them, it was 57 so, yeah. pages of text messages, Yeah, 57 right? pages of text messages were released. By the way, which is well over 1,000. It's like well over 1,200 text messages. It's insane. Um, I thought I had a right to privacy. Where do I go to you know, defend my right to privacy uh, and the government not releasing my personal text messages? By the way, if you want to read them, I'm, go ahead and read them. You know what the best part of, by the way, the best part of, of the government having those text messages that was in the Manafort case is that they got to hear me say to, to Manafort how corrupt they are, how they are shredding the Constitution, how, what a grave injustice, how the process is sick and cancerous and destroying society. Um, if you remember that Friday they came out, I know it was a Friday release. I was off TV that night and uh, all of a sudden incoming, you know, James's emails blowing up with incoming emails. Uh, New York Times, Washington Post, Politico, Huffington Post, uh, blah, blah, blah. This place, that place. They all wanted to talk to me. And I said, "Uh oh, this isn't going to I had my I had seven lawyers look at this. Remember, there were, what, 57 pages, Linda? You read them, right? Indeed I did, boss. Okay, you read all of them. I did. And and I didn't get through it once. I was on page 40, reading because I read slowly, and I want to absorb it, and I want to comprehend it, and I want to understand it. And I'm on page 40, and my lawyer calls me back, and he says, oh, we had seven lawyers read it twice. You're good. Have a good weekend. Yeah, it and was that's crazy. that's all they said. We were all like, going whoa, through it. At speed how reading. could you read it twice? I didn't get. I didn't read it once. That annoyed me. <laughs> That's what, what are you annoyed laughing you? At? It wasn't the fact that your text messages were released. It was the fact that people read them too fast. No, it, 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 and then I have to go in and ask the questions. Are you sure? Yeah, we're sure. Have a good weekend. And I, I said, well, okay. Yeah, because it was you, basically I, your said, monologue. Then I finally called them. I said. How the hell did you read those those things so fast? He goes, well, this is what we do for a living. Have a good weekend. Click. I'm like, it's like a phone call with sweet baby James. I mean, you say, James, I need three things. Okay, what is it? One. Okay, got it. Click. Yep, that's sweet I, I baby. Said, you forgot the other two. Uh, you're James, James, I hear James. James knows it's true. 
Oh, my God, James, is that true or not true? Be, on, be, be honest, no lying allowed at all. There might be a slight amount of truth. in the might, <laughs> Yeah, might be a slight amount of truth. Then I'll call him back with item two. I'll say, sweet baby. I said, I need this. I got to have this. You got to research this for me. Okay, got it. Cle- I said three things. And then I call him back three. One, two, three. Then I'll go through one and two. And I'll say, don't hang up. I'm about to get the three. We give Uncle James a hard time. We love. You know Uncle what the James. best part about the release of those text messages were? You know what oh, I'm going to say. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. Go ahead, say it. Is that there was literally, you know, and I forget his name right now, but the guy over there, Mother Jones, you know, he was like, wow. David Korn? David Korn. He was yeah. like, the scariest part about the release of these text messages was the fact that Hannity actually believes this stuff that he says on TV every <laughs> night because his text no, messages are exactly no, no, like I, his no, monologue. I, I could take it in more detail. But and so it was a big headline on fake news, CNN and, and MSDNC. And I can laugh about it now. I mean, it's it just a, you know what it was? It was just another pain in the you know what day. And, you know, I don't look, I don't mind paying for all the lawyers that charge massive amounts of money per hour because I, it's, you know, as they're now telling me, it's now the cost of doing business and doing things the right way. And we always do the th- things the right way. And I always argue with my attorneys over taxes. I'm like, no, I don't want to take that deduction. No, I don't want to take that deduction. Oh, guess what? You're going to you're going to die. I got a letter, apparently, because I don't open mail uh-huh. that that says I qualified for twelve hundred dollars from the government and they're going to send me a check. Fantastic. Can you believe it? No, I'm not taking it. You I could said, send it I to, I said us. to the guys. I said, send it back. I'm not, I don't need the twelve. You said it to Pelosi. I hear her give ice cream it, is no, running. Give low. it to somebody that that needs it. And deserves it. And we, we went through all of our business ventures and any business that I control, I said, all right, no, no applications for anything. I'm not doing it. So you had your Cinderella man moment, huh? That's kind of, but no, it's not that. I just, you know, listen, businesses have to do it. The whole purpose was to keep your employees hired. And so, you know, I, I have a lot of businesses and, and I, I made sure. What did I tell everybody on day one? No firings. No to this, no this, no this. I, I literally memorialized it. I'm like, okay, no, 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 no. And if, you know, people are in trouble. And and truth be told, I've reached out to everybody that works for me in any capacity and, and made sure that they were aware that if they or their family member had any difficulties, that I needed them to come to me so I could help them out. Um, And then I realized people are never going to come to me with those problems, right? Absolutely not. All right, that's why you got two separate bonuses recently. Because I figured, all right, there's, there's got to be somebody here that's having some issue. Just doesn't is probably embarrassed, doesn't want to say it. I think a lot of people uh, are very appreciative, Sean. No, listen, that's that's what we do. That's who we are. That's we're Americans. That's what Americans do. We help each other in a time of need. But then we don't. You, you know, blue states don't get to rob red states to balance their bloated budgets. Uh, and their waste and their fraud and their abuse of spending and the, their unfunded pensions. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, telling you about the CNBC poll that uh, came out. It's a lot of people, actually, pretty big survey for polls. 5,408 likely voters, battleground states, uh, plus or minus error, 1.9%. And it sheds a little bit of light on the battle between uh, basement bunker Joe and uh, President Trump um, and the hypothetical matchup. Trump holds a lead in these swing states, 48, 46. 
uh, over Biden, including a 41, 32 percent lead over independence and leads Biden 51, 40 in who would do a better job of handling the economy. I mean, that, that that can't even be a question in some people's minds, considering the atrocious record of uh, Barack Obama and, and Joe Biden. They just were disasters. Um, so anyway, oh, Linda apparently had a dental emergency surgery today. What happened? So okay? listen, I, I just, I didn't even know you could get emergency. What? So I have all these caps, temporary caps. And once I get them, I never go back and get it fixed. It's been like three years. So basically, listen, my guy can help you out. So I'm, I just got to give a shout out. So, you know, we're here in New York city and I have a crack, I got a crack tooth. And it's a hot mess, and I was in so much pain. I've been really blessed my whole life. I've never had cavities or anything. I've always been good. I've been going to the same dentist for eternity. Um, Dr. Simon Rosenberg on the Upper East Side, he's awesome, and his girl Lisa. And I texted him last night, and I was like, listen, I cracked my tooth. I'm in a lot of pain. I know that you guys are closed because of COVID. And he's like, we're allowed to do emergency appointments. And I went in. They took my temperature. You know, They scanned me, had me fill out this whole COVID form. I had to sign my life away. They get this cracked tooth fixed. You know, they had their gloves, their masks. They had these giant visors on. They gave me visors. I mean, it was crazy. But what I can tell you is like, you know, people like him, like they're they're doing it. They're getting it done so that people can continue with their lives and their businesses during this. So I just want to give a, a shout out to Dr. Dr. Rosenberg for hooking me up and Lisa for, for helping me out today. And they really did. Well, I'm glad you did. They did okay. me a solid, I mean, man. It's good. Did you get a uh, root canal? Fortunately, I didn't have to get a root canal it cracked on the top, so I have to get a crown at some point. But right now, he just filed it down, which anybody who hates dentistry as much as I do, and I'm scared to death of the dentist. He's awesome, but just the sound of it all. I had Why to get are you my scared teeth of a dentist? Filed. What's scary about the painful, dentist? and it's like that sound, like all the tools against your teeth. It's like nails on a chalkboard. It's just I ah. have had more fillings done. I even had a root canal done once without any Novocaine. Come on. I swear to God. Why? I can have the dentist on to prove it, if you don't believe me. Um, but why? Now, at the end, it was becoming so troublesome to him. Now, I will tell you, it it blew my, uh, I literally, te- not not crying tears, but it like, oh, man. Dude, it's painful. Hurts. I mean, he went in there with the grinder, and he's like, okay, I'm going to file your teeth down. I'm like, um, is there some sort of Novocaine or pain medicine I'll be getting here? He's like, no. I don't know. I just don't. I hate the feeling of being numb. You couldn't talk, talk like that when you're done. I hate it. I thought that would really actually be fun for today, but no, I'm, I'm perfectly normal. He didn't give me anything. Yeah. Um, by the Anyways, way, thank any... you, Dr. R. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Whoever you are. Uh, you should have taken the day off, been in pain. Jesus, Sean. You're so mean. What, what, what's mean about that? There's nothing thank mean you, Dr. about Thank you, Dr. Whoever that. you are. What's wrong with you? All right, thank you, Doc. Well, I'm glad the guy can work, at least. Thank God he's working. Right, my whole point is that he was able to work in a COVID environment. Like, it can be done. People can do it safely. They Everybody's can do it getting it done with the masks. Everybody, it, it, look, listen, the masks work. Bottom line. And if you want to open the country faster, use the masks. And the only reason I know it works is because none of the people of any of the stores in the middle of the shift storm that I lived through in New York and Long Island, none of the people at any of the stores that I would go to every single week, once, twice, three times a week, ever contracted COVID-19 because they were all wearing masks, many wearing shields, all wearing gloves. Now, do I want to live the rest of my life that way? No. 
if I'm at a beach and I'm sufficiently, quote, distance from somebody, there's no reason that you have to wear the mask. I don't think, at least for me, I'm not going to. And but, you know, we now know what works and what doesn't work. It's pretty simple. It's, it's we also have some updated news today from the CDC. Uh, I saw that. Yeah. Yes. So the CDC is coming out and saying that, you know, this transferability of the virus on, you know, inanimate objects is not what they thought it was. So all of these gloves and everything are not necessarily necessary. You know, so the CDC con- updates. I, I have this article in front of me. It basically now updating their their guidelines, saying it does not spread easily. An exact quote on contaminated surfaces, and the disease has always been thought to spread mainly through person to person contact. I'm going to tell you something, and this is no due respect to a lot of the people. The 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 doctors have been wrong. I don't blame them. I'm not I'm not casting aspersions on them. They did the best they can with the knowledge they had at the time. And a lot of what they said and predicted was wrong. Uh, they missed a lot of opportunities that could have stopped the spread of the disease. They could have given us better advice, but I don't think they did it on purpose. I, you know, Dr. Fauci is a great case in point. Dr. Fauci got a lot wrong here. Dr. Fauci was saying the risk is nil on February 29th. The end of February It was a leap year. And then he was saying, what, March 9th, you can go on a a cruise if you're young and healthy. And then he was saying you don't need masks on March 10th. Okay, March 10th wasn't that long ago. And I I don't think he did it on purpose. I do think a lot of the people that thought that they were giving the best advice turned out they weren't given the best advice. And again, through in many cases, not through any fault of their own. They are now so timid and so traumatized by the mistake that they're afraid to take any chances opening up. Now, we have a spectacular fail in states like New York, New Jersey, Long uh, Long Island, too, but uh, uh, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania and Michigan, where you've got to protect the elderly like they did in Texas and in Florida and in Georgia. Because they have the better numbers. To a certain extent, Gavin Newsom did. But we're now seeing that Gavin Newsom, yeah, he he didn't have exactly the best track record on protecting the older people out in California. But overall, he did a much better job than some of these other states. I think we're now beginning to see an end to the lockdowns. Um, Only because I love my audience, I only tell you the truth and what I believe is the best advice that I have. And I always tell you what I personally decide to do based on everything I know about this virus. My advice to you as you open up your businesses for a while till we know, um, I would urge you if you're in close contact with people and you're not distant to wear the mask. That's my my that's what I'm going to do for myself And it's not even really necessarily for myself. I don't want to pass this on to somebody else if I get it. Uh, I have been tested now twice for COVID, um, both times negative. And my antibody test was negative as well. So I never got this thing. But by the way, does that surprise you, Linda? Because I'm a recluse and a hermit and I never leave the house and I'm a total loser. I don't know what you're talking about. You're a party animal. Okay. I'm a recluse. I'm a hermit. And I barely leave my house. Uh, except to do this radio show every day at a studio right near my house. So it's that simple. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do it for that reason. Well, you can tell the audience the truth. You can admit that I'm a hermit. 
Well, listen, I mean, you you do live a pretty quiet life. I mean, you, you're busy. It'll, you also spend most of your day prepping for everything you're doing. This this is not All I do easy. is read. All you do is read. So you can't really be out and about and read. You have to literally sit there and read all day. Yeah. By the way, th- these numbers that are, are coming out are really pretty fascinating. Um, I, I'm looking at this on Twitter, and people are blowing up about how, you know, various countries that the pandemic COVID-19 likely have its own dynamics unrelated to what is, you know, the inconsistent lockdown measures that are out there. I'm just telling you, I know people and I'm reading all this stuff online and I'm telling you people are getting mad and I can tell when peeps start getting mad, it's, uh, it's real. And anyway, so I, I, let me go back to these charts that I have, cause I think they're pretty interesting if I can pull them up here. Um, and this is pretty interesting because, uh, J.P. Morgan came out with a devastating piece arguing that infection rates have declined, not increased in the states where lockdowns have ended, even after allowing for an appropriate measurement lag. You know, the two three week period. I'll mention two states, Georgia, you know, down 12 percent, Florida down 15 percent. I mean, that is a that is a pretty Pretty big, what's his name, Carl uh, Quintanilla? I don't know who he is. Apparently an anchor on CNBC. I'm not, I'm not being rude. I don't know who this person is. Um, I don't watch CNBC. Uh, but anyway, so he starts putting out these statistics today, and people are going absolutely, you know, bonkers over it. And uh, it's fascinating to watch. He, you know, the market is undeniably betting on a V-shaped recovery. That's what he talked about there. Okay, so he says J.P. Morgan has a devastating piece arguing that infection rates have have declined but not increased in states where the lockdowns have ended. And then he has a chart. Uh, If you want, Linda, you can retweet it on Hannity.com. And he said the same goes for countries that have ended lockdowns, which means that the pandemic and COVID-19 likely have its own dynamics unrelated to the often inconsistent lockdown measures that were being implemented Uh, In the absence of conclusive data, these lockdowns were justified initially, but millions of lives were being destroyed with little consideration that lockdowns might not be not only cause economic devastation, but potentially more deaths of COVID itself. Um, I'm not sure if he's talking about the the herd mindset, which I do not agree with or, you know, I I would caution people about. Um, He said. You know, people will be tempted to use this to blame immigrants, different race. I don't know what he's talking about here. Use the pandemic as a pretext. Um, but the initial response was to downplay the risk. Nobody nobody initially did it. We were, we were all initially lied to. What part of that don't a lot of people understand either? You know, we were all lied to. Um, there's a big deal unfolding in New York with uh, Comrade de Blasio. He won't open the New York City, uh, the city beaches of New York, but he's demanding that Long Island accept New York City residents. Uh, you know what my advice to Long Island is? Not that anyone ever listens to me, is tell New Yorkers to go to their own beach because that's the way the vast majority of deaths took place in New York City. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you look at New York State, you have 352,845 cases, 22,843 deaths, 
Well, and again, fully a third because of this debacle executive order putting COVID-19 patients inside of uh, long-term care facilities and nursing homes. But of the 22,843 deaths, well, you have in New York City alone, 191,650 cases with 20 of the 23,000 deaths. They mostly happen in New York City. Now, New York, uh, count, New York City counts confirmed and probable COVID-19 deaths uh, differently. I mean, I don't know what to say about that. But anyway, Johns Hopkins has most of the data out there and available. Uh, oh, Biden thinks he's very clever. He now has a nickname for the president, Tweety. President Tweety, as he's sitting there, he comes up out of the basement in hiding. I think today's day 66. He's been in complete lockdown, hiding, sheltering in place, uh, podcast disaster mode. And again, he had another you know, problem with geese making noises on his property as he's trying to do his prod- podcast. You got the sound of it? Yeah, Is it incompetence? Corruption? Trump was out there tweeting again this morning. I call him President Tweety. Reopen the country. End of quote. Like he had those geese on cue. Um, the problem is Joe was against the travel ban. Joe was against the quarantine. Joe was, you know, we know what they did with N1H1, as he calls it. They blew that completely. Hundreds of thousands of people were hospitalized. We lost, you know, 17,000 Americans before him and Obama declared it themselves a national emergency was six months later after a thousand people died uh and then of course they never replenished all of the supplies that we ended up needing and by the way the lockdown uh governor of all time gretchen whitmer is in talks with the biden campaign for the vp spot sort of like dumb and dumber by the way biden's going to give a commencement speech despite his plagiarism history that's interesting Oh, have you noticed what they've done to uh, this woman, Tara Reid? Oh, they're bludgeoning her. Just bludgeoning this woman. You know, she had more corroboration than Professor Ford, any of the Kavanaugh accusers, and every all the I-believers, they don't believe anymore. It's such a bunch of phony hypocrites, a whole bunch of them. All right, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free number. You want to be a part of the program. Bill O'Reilly next uh, at the top of the next hour. Have fun with Bill. Uh, also, Sidney Powell. That's General Flynn's attorney updates us on what she put forward, an emergency writ of mandamus to the D.C. Court of Appeals seeking the immediate removal of Judge Emmett Sullivan from the case and saying that the Justice Department, when both sides want to drop the case because of all the irregularities they found, uh, he should drop it, and he should. It's a travesty of justice. This is just the latest in the case of General Flynn. All right, simple man, BillOReilly.com, all things Bill O'Reilly. We are 167 days till the ultimate jury, that being the American people, that meaning you people in this audience will decide whether or not in 167 or 68, depending on what time the race is called, you will finally hear the words, we can now project that Donald J. Trump has been reelected the 45th president of the United States. Anyway, with all that said, uh, Mr. O'Reilly joins us now. How are you, sir? And by the way, you're uh, not a I'm simple okay, man. I'm okay, but I, I want to ask you a question. Do you oh, wait, know? Wait, 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 okay, wait. Slow down. Yeah. You come on the Sean Hannity show. It's not the yeah. Bill O'Reilly show. It's not, oh, excuse me. It's not the factor. 
You're not no, talking it's, to it's, talking. You're a talking points. You it's come on the forum. show, and the first thing you want to do is ask me a question. What that's is that? Right. It's an exchange of ideas. No, that's like you being a control freak, to... but go ahead. All right. Do you realize, Hannity? <laughs> do you realize how many people <laughs> yeah. fear you now after you showed that video of you doing kung fu on television? Okay. Do you now, have any oh idea? <laughs> Bill, first of all, you, you, anyone that says what I do with martial arts is kung fu or karate has no idea what I do. Uh, if you're interested, it is an eclectic blend of arts, Krav Maga, Kempo, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, and situational street fighting, and also a lot of core wow. training. Well, I'm not so, really I mean, interested, but right, I wanted so, so, to tell right, wait, you. So you watched the video, yeah. and you're laughing at me. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was fearful. In fact, I heard <laughs> that Jimmy Kimmel went into the witness protection program <laughs> after he saw that video. <laughs> you, do, you do know me because we're friends. I've been, I've been doing this now seven years. Can you believe it? I can. I mean, I just see the people that uh, tee you off and, and, and how. Uh... <laughs> right, I, I, I actually need your help and advice today. Can I seek your advice on something? Absolutely. And I won't even charge you. So you got Mika and the ever boring, pathetic, you know, sellout liberal Joe. And they're trying to entice me into this fight today. I'm kind of tired. We're heading into Memorial Day weekend. Sure. And Bill. I can pulverize them. I, I mean, what do, I, what do they want to fight about? I don't watch them. that dopey show. What do they want to fight about? I, I, you know, it's, I didn't even read it all, but somebody sent me a text of a tweet that Mika, Mika's all upset because Donald Trump brought up a conspiracy theory uh, talking about an incident that happened when Joe was a congressman that they did have questions with the coroner, et cetera, et cetera. And, and uh, people, I got it. Okay. Right. Okay. So yep. anyway, so. I have a choice. Yes. I can go full on Hannity and start pounding the living crap out of them. And I like to fight and I'm going to win or just ignore it. What would you do? In this case, I would ignore it because it just helps them a little bit. You're right. We're going into Memorial Day weekend. I'll tell you the, the most important story uh, today has nothing to do with uh, the media. It has to do with how Americans are going to behave, individuals are going to behave this weekend. And I'm coming out on BillOReilly.com tonight. My lead story is we have to open the country now without any asterisks. And I'm going to run down that what has to happen now on Memorial Day weekend. This is what we all have to do. But here's the overarching, the most important thing in the story, and it has nothing to do with fanatics at MSNBC. It has to do with every American should be hoping that every other American, all their fellow citizens, all right, are better off. And the only way we're all going to be better off is if we reopen the economy now. We're going to take losses. We are. But it's a war. This is a war. And it's a war for our country. And we cannot absorb any more pain in the economic area. So everybody has to work together and try to get this economy open responsibly. And that's my lead story. And that 
is really what people want to hear, I think. Not about Mika and whoever no, no, else listen, is on that, the crazy I, I am inclined and was naturally inclined to just sit back and say, you know what? I have enough fights going on at once. Yeah, nobody Bill, cares There's about only that, so many fronts me. I can fight on on any given day. All right. Here is where I completely and totally agree with you, but I've also taken some heat. Every model, every prediction about how many people will die starting at two and a half million has been dead on wrong. Then they change it to 200,000 or 220, then to 115, then to 80, then to 60. Now we're at 100. Um, they've all been wrong. All of the doctors, if Dr. Fauci said there was little risk on February 29th. Uh, we know that he said on March 9th that it's okay to take a cruise if you're young and healthy. On March 10th, he said you don't need to wear a mask. Where I'm taking some heat is because of what, what I am observing worked, what they did in Texas, Florida, and Georgia worked, and that is they protected the elderly population, the most vulnerable, the opposite of New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Michigan. Um, it worked. The fact that our farmers, our packers, our truckers, and those that stock the shelves where you live in Long Island, and you know, uh, do you go shopping? You don't go shopping. Okay. Your people go. No, I go no, shopping no. on my I own. I go shopping, Hannity. <laughs> I you? know who you're talking about. All right, do, you, do you know doing, about automatic right. checkout or not? Don't lie. No, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I give them my credit card, and they, they say, we love you, O'Reilly, and I say that thanks, means, Bill, you, you're, you're, That means you don't go shopping if you don't know about automatic checkout. I, I go right. to the... the Twelve <laughs> items or less. That, that's where I am. By the way, all right, that's a fair answer because they do have a checkout person yeah. at twelve items or less. I get all right. So dollars. I go shopping every week, and every week, Bill, I talk to the guys in the stores, and they all wore their mask, and none of them got sick. So where I'm taking a little heat from people is I'm saying, look, we're opening up. We got to open up. We're a free society. Everybody wants to open up. But for the sake of others, I, Sean Hannity, have said I'm going to wear a mask because I learned from the guys that stock yeah, the shelves in Long Island good. and New York that wearing masks works. Yeah, and you don't want to give this thing to anybody. Nobody, that's the real frightening part of this is you can be asymptomatic and not know. And if you don't have a mask, you can infect someone else. But absolutely common sense. Absolutely. But you just said something that's not correct. Everybody doesn't want to open the economy. The media in this country does not want to open it, and neither do a lot of the blue state governors. And they think that Trump is worse than the pandemic. And the longer we can stay shut, the least chance he has to win re-election, or the less chance. So we're not all together on this thing, and that's what we have to overcome. But, you know, we're, we're in a place now where I think the folks are starting to understand that the death rate for COVID in America is less than 3% per million, all right? And of those 3%, about mm, 2.7 are over 65. So if you are over 65, a senior citizen, you have to be extra cautious. And that doesn't mean that uh, if you're a younger person, you go out to Tybee Island in Georgia and party hardy. If you do that, you're irresponsible. And that's the message that has to get out. No, so we look, have to reopen, I, I know it's but a, we all have Bill, to look Bill, out for one another. It's a pain in the ass. 
Nobody wants to wear a mask. It's Nobody against wants our to wear. nature. I don't think you have to wear the mask if you're walking your dog or you're no, on the beach. No, 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 you, you know, no. Look, but if you go if, into if, a facility, a closed exactly, facility, exactly. You yeah, no, if you're you around do. other people, just slip the mask on. I'm doing yeah. it. Right. And I'm going to tell you something. The reason I'm saying it so publicly and so often is because I, as I think things through, just like you, I'm like, you know what? I care too much about other people. I know people that have gotten COVID-19. You know people that have got it. Um, for older people, it's really, really harsh, even when they survive yeah, sometimes. Yeah, you protect the old people. But, I want to protect uh, them because I love um, them. That's why. Um, further than that, I know some of the grocery stores that you go to, and I've been there, and they tell me, hey, you know, Hannity comes in with the mask, and we really like him much better that way. Yeah, you look. Because we can't, the, we can't bill. hear him that well. We can't see him. No doubt. I look so much better in the mask. I'm totally <laughs> I should wear the mask on television, and my ratings would go up another 25%. Yeah, but a lot of those kung fu guys, they wear the mask, too, so it kind of blends right into you. Well, let me ask you a question. Stuff. Would you, Bill O'Reilly? be willing yeah. to train with me a couple of days and then I'd air it on television. You know, I, I, I really don't have time because I'm, I'm pursuing oh, intellectual time. things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, my so, days of beating people up are kind of over. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But you know what I admire about you, Hannity, doing that? Yes. Number one, you used to be a smoker. You kicked it. Okay. And that was very. I good did. I was a heavy smoker. Yeah, I smoked and, cigarettes and, when and I was young, and cigars. I, I used to inhale them. Right. Please don't smoke or chew tobacco. Please. Don't. So I had he kicked it, and then you know you use this martial arts as a discipline. It's a discipline because it's hard to do. Five and days it, a week. Yeah, and, and and the discipline obviously relaxes you. It's good. You burn off a little aggression, so you don't beat Jimmy Kimmel to a pulp. Um, and then, you know, a disciplined life is a much more effective life. You so, want to laugh? Anyway, you know, my, you know I, so I have a sensei, and this guy's got black, uh, black belts in every art. I mean, he's, an ama he's a killer. And so I have to go through pain day where I sit there, and he literally pounds my forearms and arms to build, to, to wow. get, build up calcium. And, um, you know, and I, I have to go through pain day, too, when, when I'm watching <laughs> CNN. <laughs> or MSDNC. Yeah, that, that's, oh, I don't watch them. But once in a while, I have to put on CNN just to see what crazy things are doing. All right, let that's me get some day. important questions. What do you think about the president's announcement about hydroxychloroquine? I made a decision a long time ago that if I got this stupid thing, that I would take it on day one. You know, if you read The United States of Trump, the best book about Donald Trump ever, you will understand why he does these things. He wants to be a provocateur, word of the day. And by doing these things, by saying, yeah, I'm taking this drug in your face, he dominates the news cycle for two days. And his people say, that's right. Look at Trump. He's doing what uh, he wants to do. So it's a win-win for him. And the other thing is, when you look at what he does, there's always a reason. Which, the, you know, the Trump haters, they have no blanking clue. But there's always a reason. He dominates the news cycle for two days. He looks like a macho man. It's in your face to your opponents. And so what? He's taking the drug. So what? Who cares? I mean, it's a prescription drug. You can't By the way, take I, it I read through signs off. 
Dr. Daniel Wallace, Cedar sinai premier expert in the country, written extensively, 400 peer-reviewed articles on it. Uh, he said it is a very safe drug. It's been around yeah. 65 years. Well, who he cares? said, "Do you think they care?" No, they don't. Care. No, that's called sick? truth. Stay right there. <laughs> BillOReilly.com. All things simple, man. Bill O'Reilly. Um, all right, as we continue, Bill O'Reilly, all things O'Reilly, it's at BillOReilly.com. You need to secure simple man Bill O'Reilly. Yeah. Because I, I think know, if you make... Uh, yeah. I, I got to get that on the, uh, what are they called, the patent uh, office or something like that? Then, I, no, you I, need I, to I know. just get the website, Bill O'Reilly, simple man. All right, real important. Um, we're 167 days away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think anybody can predict with any accuracy how this election turns out. I'd, I'd like to believe Donald Trump gets reelected, but we don't know yet. Listen, uh, Joe Biden is a, a weak candidate, and the Democrats are very worried about him. So what you can see or what you will see in the coming weeks is it's not going to be Joe Biden running against Donald Trump. It's going to be the return of the Obama administration. And that's going to become quite clear to Democratic voters and independents, is that, okay, elect Joe, but you're going to get this package. Here's everybody coming with Joe. So you'll see the vice president. You'll see he'll name a secretary of state. He'll do all that. And um, Trump's got a chance if he can turn this thing around um, and get the economy perking. Um, I would bet on him. And that's where the bookie money is going. Do you know that? All the betting sites still have Donald Trump in the lead. Those sites tend to be the most accurate by far. But yeah, because it's real money. All right, BillOReilly.com. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank uh, you. Bye. When we come back, Sidney Powell updates us the latest on the persecution of General Flynn and when does he get justice straight ahead. I think we're going to have a fantastic year next year. I think we will do very well in the fourth quarter. And I think the transition quarter, which is coming up, we're starting it very shortly, the third quarter. I think we'll, you'll see some very good numbers, but you're going to see some great numbers in the fourth quarter. And you're going to end up doing a great year next year. And you can see it. Look at the states that are opening up. They're busy. And their numbers, interestingly, are going down. So they're opening up. You look at Florida and Georgia in particular. Their numbers are going down. So we're very... Uh, we're very confident that we're going to have a tremendous, tremendous turnaround. And we had to turn it off artificially, and now we're turning it back on. All right, that was the uh, president talking about opening up the country, 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the uh, program and this extravaganza, opening up the country, opening it up safely. Uh, Dave Finney is with us, famed uh, winemaker and uh, of Dave Finney's Savage Cook Distillery. Uh, and by the way, completely shutting down whiskey production in this time of need and focusing uh, on the production of hand sanitizer, which, by the way, is desperately needed. Uh, and uh, I got to say thank you to them. Anyway, uh, Dave, thank you for being with us. We appreciate it. Oh, How's that working pleasure. out so far? Because there was a shortage for at least a period of time. There wasn't enough Purell or, or sanitizer to go around anywhere. Yeah, no, it's been... Uh sort of frightening and amazing all at the same time um simply because of who we're supplying um was was a bit of a surprise and um it's been great to be able to to just kind of continue uh what's always been done on Mare Island you know since 1854 uh men and women there you know you know took a took the same cue we took from the White House and uh got on board and started doing what we could 
All right, so you usually make whiskey, correct? What what is what are the do you do it for other brands or just for yourself? No, it's for brands. So it's called Savage and Cook with an E, and we produce um, bourbon, whiskey, and rye. And uh, we when are you going to start making vodka? Because I don't, I don't drink <laughs> whiskey or rye. I don't trust. I don't. I, I can't. I don't mean to be rude. It's not my favorite thing. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll make you deal. We'll, we'll we'll start making vodka just as soon as we stop making hand sanitizer. Nah, <laughs> well, it's right great away. that you're doing. So you were able to bring back a lot of your employees. Tell us about that side of this, because uh, I thought that was great that you were able to transition your business temporarily to help people out. Yeah, so we immediately were able to. We, we never let anybody go um, because we moved very quickly. It was actually about a six-day process. And not only did we retain all of our existing employees, we actually hired about 35 new employees off and on and primarily from uh, the restaurant um, community because be- between the wine and the spirits that we make, we're you know, so connected to them that we wanted to, to give back a second way. And so um, that's what we've been doing. Well, it's pretty awesome what you're doing, and you've had great success. You did it, in, by the way, with the guidance of you know, the government, the exact formulation. What is the proper percentage of alcohol needed to make hand sanitizer work because there were some questions early on about that yeah and you know when you it's it's you can't just use vodka unfortunately um it should be denatured alcohol and it should be between 70 and 80 percent there's different evaporation ratios between 7 and 70 and 80 but uh, that's what the regulations from the so um, I, uh, let me tell you what i have i have in front of me a uh, a hand sanitizer it's called purell well known mm-hmm. and it's an active ingredient ethanol alcohol 70 percent is that enough yep yes you know some why people do you say, say no it's not enough hannity you need ours make me purchase yours um, I, I, no, that's not enough. You need it to be 80% which ours is. All right. Well, uh, well done. Um, now how do can, I know you're helping, especially within the, the community out there where you are, I guess you're in, uh, what, Simona County or, or, or at your, dist- or yeah, Mare Island is where you are off the Pacific coast and the Naval shipyards there. And yes. you've been able to provide a lot of this to different people, uh, near the city of Vallejo, and and where else have you been shipping your product? Napa Valley winemakers, for example. Yeah, so all over. I mean, um, you know, there's been a, a we've had over a thousand orders, of which many of those are local. Lots of local police uh, and first responders, firefighters, um, the U.S. Post Office. But what we've branched out as far as we sent uh, three truckloads to the state of Florida last week. So you know, we were were available. You know across the United States. Um, basically, uh, as I said, the shock and awe part of this is we've, we've only reached out to one person to actually sell anything. Um, this has all been word of mouth and just people getting the word out. So, um, but, you know, Frito-Lay, First Republic Bank, I mean, you name it. Yeah, well, we want to thank you for what you're doing. It's like our friends at uh, MyPillow.com, they're producing N95 masks as they yeah, also okay. produce their great products. They're doing a great job. It's amazing how many companies have been uh, up and involved in doing this. Uh, Dave, we just want to say thank you. Keep it up. Uh, when do you get your uh, alcohol back uh, up and running, your production back up and running? 
Oh, we'll be, you know, it, depending on how much longer this goes on, we, like I said, we've completely shut down. We can do both at the same time, but due to the sort of emergency need, we'd rather just run double shifts and get as much sanitizer as we can out there. And we're even considering setting up, uh, you know, a separate building for it and then having different crews uh, go back to distilling. And you and have no continue. problem moving your product at all. There's a huge demand for it. Yeah, I mean, we just, uh, it's actually now available on the website, and um, and we ship all over the states, and our goal is to have it within two days. You know, it, it what I really didn't So what's the website if I'm, people want to order sanitizer? Oh, sure. It's www.savageandcookwithane.com. All right, and uh, you should call it Hanitizer. You'd probably sell a lot more product. <laughs> I think you're right. By the way, I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you my wife is a huge fan. So, uh, By the way, I you notice, Linda, when people that. say that, my, my father's a huge fan of yours. I'm not. He but said my his is. wife, his wife. I, he said his wife, I know. So he's saying, oh, my wife's a huge fan. I'm not a huge fan. My wife's a huge fan. No. Well, I, I'm too busy making sanitizer. I, you know, I don't know. Okay, Dave, that's the wrong answer that's every day of the week. That's the wrong answer. I'm, I'm about to hang up on you and, and blow oh, up this call. I'm a... I'm a huge fan. I there you I, go. I, I, now I, you're talking. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, geez. I'm glad I had the. What's What's that your out wife's you. name, Dave? Uh, Kim. Well, Kim, yeah, we're big fans of you. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Kim should have done the interview. Next time we'll bring Kim on. Forget Dave. Uh, oh, all right, Dave. Feet, congrats. You know uh, we'll better. put it up on our website if people need hand uh, hand sanitizer at this point. I think uh, it's amazing how companies have made the transition like this. And great job. Uh, get to our phones here as we say hi to Jim in Ohio. Jim, hi. How are you? Welcome aboard. Glad you're with us. How are you today? I'm good, sir. What's happening? Um, I was calling with regard to the proposed bailout of the states, particularly the, the radical blue states. I've got two big issues with this, and I, and I think I have a solution to the problem. I mean, the first issue is that it seems to me that any senator that votes to give bailout money to states um, that have, have spent their money in, in, in frivolous and, and illegal manners is condoning that type of activity. And it's like giving a kid a second allowance after he went out and blew his first allowance. And we have no it, It's like the prodigal left. son coming back to his father and the father killing the fatted calf and my son was dead and now he's alive. And it would be like him saying three years later, uh, I'm going to go back out and do what I did the last time. Can I have the other half of the inheritance? And you give it in, and you give it to them. All, Tom Cotton has a great bill that will that's saying that if you fund illegal immigrants because that costs millions and millions and millions and even billions of dollars and for the you know criminal justice system, healthcare system, educational system, uh, that you do not qualify for any more assistance. I agree with Tom Cotton. Because I'm telling you what's happening here. All of these states that have sanctuary status like New York and California, all of these states that have misappropriated funding and, and, and taxpayer dollars, waste, fraud and abuse, you know, solar factor factories that they build that fail and microchip factories that they fail and, you know, light bulb companies that they spend, you know, $90 million on that fail, uh, Red states that have elected responsible governors and legislatures, they shouldn't bear the burden of bailing out unfunded pensions, the debt, the deficit, all of the zillions of dollars they spend on illegal immigrants. No more money. COVID relief money only. And if you don't want to open your state, 
then that's up to you to deal with the consequences financially of you being unable to open your state safely, period. The, the second issue I have is the federal government is broke, just like the states were broke. The states have the means of borrowing the money just like we do. The states have the means of, of raising taxes to, to, to pay for all of this, just like the feds do. You're proverbially robbing Peter to pay Paul. And, and I think the solution to this is instead of just handing money to these states, we loan the money to the states with forgiveness for certain expenses, just like the PPP program. If it's good enough for, for small businesses, it's good enough for the states loan them the money and give them forgiveness when they spend the money on first responders or infrastructure. You know what? I, I, I think all the money we've already allocated is enough. I think now it's time to open up. We've learned a lot of lessons about what to do and what not to do. And if the guys that stock the shelves in every grocery store showed up every day with their masks and gloves and never got covid that's a good indicator, just like all the medical manufacturers that, that never shut down, kept working. They were safe with masks and gloves. Uh, all the states that protected the elderly, they did, you know, infinitely better than these other states like New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Michigan. Let's learn the lessons, open the country safely. And if we do that, then uh, it's up to them what they want to do. All right. Good call. Uh, appreciate that. You know what? This is coming. I'd advise anybody, and, and I want everyone to know, I'm saying this to my own detriment here, because me being the idiot who has to work in New York and pay all of these taxes and, and dealing with the most incompetent elected politicians ever, I can tell you that the people that do stay, and there's going to be a lot of people that leave, the mass exodus is really, it's real in New York, out of New York to other states, the Carolinas, uh, Tennessee, Florida, Texas, California to Texas seems to be the best route for most Californians. Um, they're going to be dying and they're going to tax and they're going to steal as much of the people's money that remain as they can. That's all coming. Uh, so I warn people, red states, you tell your governors, you tell your senators, you tell your congressmen, don't bail out blue state waste, fraud and abuse. That's not your problem COVID-19 relief a different story the country understands the need to take care of people in a time of need very different story back to our phones uh, Bob Pennsylvania hi how are you glad you called okay yeah uh, Sean I'm good I'm as you said I'm from Lebanon Pennsylvania um, lockdown Lebanon um, I was calling roughly I was scanning through the internet uh, last Wednesday when I came across the article of the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts being banned from federal um, VA uh, cemeteries by putting flags up. And uh, as I continued to scan the uh, article, I was very surprised that the Department of Veterans Affairs made that decision because, I mean, you know, there are there is a push to open the country up safely, and I just thought it would be a great opportunity I understand maybe the cemetery or, or the uh, ceremonies may have not been as big as, as they might have been during a normal Memorial Day weekend. But I just thought it was an, it, it's a missed opportunity to show that you can do things safely. And uh, I just thought the, the VA blew it by doing just a nationwide ban on that. What, what's your feeling? 
Yeah, my feeling is very simple. Uh, I didn't know about the ban. And if, again, we already know the answer. If you put people in masks, you keep them socially distant, leave them alone. Any any other oppressive government actions beyond that is beyond what the guidelines are telling us. And um, even in New York, you're allowed to walk around without a mask as long as you're socially, quote, distant. The idea is if you're around other people, you put the mask on. Now, again, for me, it's not that big a deal because I've been wearing it. You kind of get used to it, to be very blunt. It, it, it doesn't interfere that much in my life overall when I go in the grocery store. And I know for some people, they just don't want to be told what to do. I'm not doing it because anyone's telling me to do it. I'm doing it because I want to do it. I'm doing it because I know enough about this virus that it's the right thing to do for older people that I might come into contact with. Anyway, good call. 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, Sidney Powell coming up, uh, General Flynn's attorney. Uh, Is there ever justice now for General Flynn? They weren't after General Flynn. They wanted him to lie about me, make up a story. And with few exceptions, nobody did that. There were many people. I watched KT McFarlane the other day. I watched where she was knock, knock, FBI, you know, the FBI, okay? This was all Obama. This was all Biden. These people were corrupt. The whole thing was corrupt. And we caught them. We caught them. And what you saw just now, I watched Biden yesterday. He could barely speak. He was on Good Morning America, right? And he said he didn't know anything about it. And now it just gets released right after he said that. It gets released that he was one of the unmaskers, meaning he knew everything about it. So he lied to your friend, George Stephanopoulos. He lied to your friend, George Stephanopoulos. Well, we know he lied. We know all of that. And at the end of the day, every step taken by the deep state And that was that they put forward an unverifiable, dirty Russian disinformation dossier as the predicate to get a FISA application, without which, McCabe says, they never would have gotten it. And even after they talked to Christopher Steele's subsource, yeah, in that case, uh, they knew the dossier was debunked. They went forward with two more FISA warrant applications with the dossier as the foundation of of the report, the bulk of information that they used. And that was the last one signed by Rod Rosenstein, who then sent out the scope memo even months after that to Robert Mueller, knowing the truth. Now we know the truth. They withheld exculpatory evidence as it relates to George Papadopoulos. The same is true about General Flynn. We now know a lot about Roger Stone and the the miscarriage of justice. I mean, people like McCabe and Comey were, There were referrals for them as it relates to lying to Congress and lying in other instances. Nothing happens in their case. Uh, So there's a two tier justice system in in every way. And now we're learning a lot more about this January 5th meeting in the Oval Office with Brennan and Clapper and Biden and Yates and Susan Rice. And then 15 days later on Inauguration Day, Rice writing memo to self three separate times in the letter. Uh, that Obama said, do everything by the book. If that's not a CYA memo, I don't know. In the meantime, we have Judge Emmett Sullivan 
picking a, a fellow Clinton appointee judge who has already spoken out on the matter as it relates to General Flynn and he's prejudiced towards General Flynn to write an amicus brief as it relates to the court to argue against the federal government now saying, uh, excuse me, we should drop the case. Both sides want to drop the case. When that happens, it's a formality at that point, not in General Flynn's case. Well, now Sidney Powell has responded and is demanding that the judge, Emmett Sullivan, be removed from this case. And the D.C. Uh, District Court is now being uh, brought into this, and hopefully they'll make the right decision. And after a nearly four-year nightmare for General Flynn, it'll come to an end for him and his family. And then I guess he'll ask the Ray Donovan question, where do I go to get my good name back? Sidney Powell, the attorney for General Flynn, joins us now. How are you? Hey, great, Sean. How are you? You know, I, I, it, it saddens me that, you know, General Flynn has been, you know, let's see, he's gone bankrupt over this. He had to sell his house over this. If it weren't for the generosity of the American people, you know, being able to hire defense counsel like you that are working for pennies on the dollar, uh, we wouldn't be in this position today. You wrote very favorably about Judge Emmett Sullivan in your book, License to Lie, uh, where is that guy that exonerated Ted Stevens and talked about prosecutorial abuse? What happened here? I, I wish I knew. It's certainly been a shock to me. I mean, I've bragged on Judge Sullivan and his willingness to enforce Brady for six years, only to come before him for the first time and completely unexpectedly with obvious Brady violations and have him deny every single one of them in a 92-page decision, even though the government had admitted some of the documents were exculpatory and had only given us meager summaries of them. He wouldn't even give us the actual documents. I was flabbergasted. And that's when yep. I realized the Judge Sullivan I'm dealing with now is not the Judge Sullivan that oversaw the Ted Stevens prosecution. Well, he, he determined that there was no Brady material that you were requesting. In fact, there was plenty of Brady material that they withheld, and now you're beginning to get a lot of it. We got our first glimpse at the a glimpse at the original uh, 302 as it relates to Struck and this other agent, and they did ask General Flynn after they ambushed him in that interview, now infamous, uh, on the fourth day of the Trump administration, the 24th of January, and in that interview, they did ask him about the phone call with Kislyak, and his answer was, yeah, I remember talking to him. Absolutely. I don't remember the details of the call. I don't know specifically if we talked about sanctions or not. We might have, but I don't know. And I think if we actually had the transcript and the tape recording of the phone call, we would find that the word sanctions does not appear because anything that he would well, have called Well, hang on a second, Sydney. I know you too well. You think if we had a transcript of the call, I think we both know that we likely do have a transcript of the call. So oh, the, the government is, does, but we don't. <laughs> okay, so has the government ever shared it with you? No, no. In fact, they refused to give me a, a classified uh, designation so I could review the transcript. And well, I know how do you, there's how do you properly defend of your client? Too. How do you properly well, defend your client then? Exactly. I mean, no, no one should have entered a plea of guilty or encouraged him to enter a plea of guilty without hearing the recording and comparing it to the transcript. The whole case has been botched from every single angle. Nothing has been done right in this litigation from the get-go. The FBI made up the entire charge against him. They made up the, any reason to investigate him. I think the investigation goes back to 2015, maybe even as far back as when he was still head of the DIA and spoke out against ISIS 
and contradicted the Obama administration's whole view of that situation. And he was, General Flynn was truthful about it. When he was in front of Congress, he wasn't about to lie to Congress. He told him the truth. ISIS was a big problem, and, and he said so. And he spoke out about the Benghazi issues. He, of course, knows where the problems are in that whole situation. He's spoken out about, about everything, your, honestly. You're filing yesterday the emergency writ of mandamus to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals seeking immediate removal of Judge Sullivan from the case saying that under appellate precedent set by the Fulker uh, Services case, Sullivan or his replacement must dismiss the prosecution as the Justice Department requested. Um, Both sides want this case now to go away because of the injustices behind it. So where does this go? Because I'm not confident with about anything with the D.C. Circuit Court. Well, if they don't get it right, they're still the Supreme Court. And since Justice Ginsburg just authored a unanimous Supreme Court decision that completely slapped down the Ninth Circuit for redefining the issue in a case and soliciting an amicus to deal with it, then I think the same result would inure here. And that's one of the issues that we have raised is the appointment of an amicus and request for briefs from other amici to essentially take a poll on uh, how people think this should go, and as well as appointing what amounts to a special prosecutor in Mr. Gleason to investigate potential obstruction or perjury charges against General Flynn and contempt charges. That's absolutely unprecedented, uncalled for, and off the rails. How is it, because I've never heard of somebody withdrawing their plea uh, as being it, as a judge then contemplating uh, holding them in contempt of court. Now, no. Judge Sullivan in this case is considering that. Um, now, there are extenuating circumstances here, and that is that neither FBI agent, when they ambushed General Flynn on January 24th, 2017, after the case had already been pretty much dismissed and they were about to close it out, but Strzok and Comey kept it open, And obviously something went on in that meeting on January 5th in the White House, uh, the day that Dennis McDonough himself did the unmasking of General Flynn, uh, I assume, at the behest of Barack Obama. I don't know why otherwise he would do it. And then January 12th, the day the Ignatius article came out, is also the same day that Joe Biden, who the day prior said he never did, did any such thing or knew anything about it, but he also unmasked General Flynn. So there was a lot going on at this particular juncture because the case was over. Um, What what do you think was in that meeting and what did you think of Sally Yates's testimony where she was shocked by the fact that after that January 5th meeting in the Oval Office that Obama himself revealed to her that he knew the full contents of the unmasked calls of General Flynn? Yes, that whole scenario was uh, quite remarkable. There was a lot going on in late December, early January, starting in the middle of December with Mr. Clapper expanding the rules for sharing uh, confidential secret information among the various agencies. I mean, they greatly broadened the distribution for what should have been closely held information. Loretta Lynch signed off on that right before she left to expand it. 
And then, of course, we have the Kislyak call with General Flynn. They were waiting for that. The information we've been produced by the government recently shows that Comey himself and McCabe were monitoring and watching for anything Flynn-related on those telephone calls. It seems as if they couldn't find anything on him whatsoever. Everything, every place they searched produced exculpatory information because he's a fine and honest man and a, an amazing public servant and dedicated military career official. His whole family is, is military. So when they couldn't find anything, they had to try to trigger something to make something up. And so they were watching for the Kislyak call. They found it. They got the transcript. And then as soon as Comey saw the transcript, he called Clapper, briefed him on it. Clapper asked for copies, plural, of the transcript, which Comey immediately provided. This is all late December, early January. Well, by the way, they're both fighting over whether or not one of them told Obama the story. Comey's saying Clapper did it. Clapper's saying he didn't do it. And the more fascinating thing of anything else is all of these Obama officials, when they went before the House Intel Committee under oath, they all denied any Trump-Russia collusion. Adam Schiff went out and lied and said just the opposite. And they went on TV like Clapper did, for example, and they said the opposite on TV, uh, the opposite of what they had said under oath. That's pretty fascinating in this, too. It is. I mean, one of the things that absolutely galls me, Sean, is how long this evidence has been suppressed. And the people responsible for suppressing it, like Adam Schiff, have truly obstructed justice and caused immeasurable pain and damage to the family of General Flynn. It's beyond an outrage. It should be criminal conduct. It should be. All right. Stay with us. Sidney Powell. Uh, the attorney for General Flynn. When we come back, the entire last half hour of the program tonight, wide open telephone calls. We hope you'll set your DVR every night. Hannity, Fox News. We have a great show for you tonight. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Willie and Mike, he's uh, tweeting again all sorts of crazy things. Uh, Once again, uh, tweeting conspiracy theories about Joe, falsely accusing him of murder, talking about the death of a young staffer in his congressional office years ago and calling him dangerous to walk the streets. And I'll just say, I'll take a point of personal privilege here. That's sick. Donald, you're a sick person. You're a sick person. You were mean to my little Joey. You need to stop. It's awful. Um, Do they ever listen? You know, what she's been trying to provoke me into this fight, um, Linda. And, I, you know... I'm about to take a couple of days off. I've been working really hard. I'm a little tired. Everybody on my team knows I'm tired. You know, so I really want to get involved in dealing with these lunatics because, you know, their ratings suck. They're total psychos. They lie every day. Every day they wake up and act like they're outraged, outraged over, you know, what Donald Trump did or said. If the guy cured cancer, it wouldn't be good enough. Uh, I have a question from for Mika. Hey, Mika, was it a good idea that Trump put the travel ban in effect? Um, they don't like it when you start digging into Joe's background, but they have no trouble digging into Trump's background every day. Uh, maybe those questions should be asked. There seem to be irregularities as it relates to certain people involved in that case. Does, I mean, do they, should I go there or should I take the weekend off? 
It's always such a good time to make fun of them. So I'm on board with making fun of them. I think they stink. Okay, but it's a lot of work to get in these Twitter fights. It takes, it takes I mean, a listen, bit of time, I'm really, a little bit of effort. They must fight all night long to get all ginned up for the morning, you know? I mean, that show starts really early before, you know, the sun even rises, and these two idiots are already mad at the world. It's all, it's like network. You're watching them. They kind of they kind of remind me of like the the Muppets. Do you remember those old Muppets like from the the Jim Henson days? They're just like they sit in like the balcony seats of the theater and they just like mumble about nothing. They're just like two angry old Muppets. Why is it whatever anybody says about me, I just don't care. There's just too much. We can't keep up with all the hatred. There's just too much. (laughs) But this. You know, she's so she's trying to provoke me into a fight. And I'm like, I well, I could win this fight. I could go. I could go there. I can go there on steroids. I don't mind going there. Um, I train. I fight. I, I love to fight, to be very blunt with you. Uh, I'm good at it and I'm going to win. It's not a matter of winning. It's just a matter of, you know, how hard I'll hit them because I can hit them both so hard you know, their mother figuratively feel here, the figuratively, as let's Curtis Lee used to say. Let's be figurative here, because, you know, the media will lose their mind with what we're saying. OK, figuratively. I'm talking about a Twitter fight. That would be. Yes, a- yes. I'm just saying, you know, in this world <laughs> that we live in of, you know, hypersensitivity. Well, you, I, I, I train as a fighter, so I also do that. But that's very different. But I, I don't ha- I don't care what these two people say. You know what the funny thing is, is Fox and Friends destroys them. Oh, every, every day. day. Forget about it. You know, usually beats CNN and MSNBC combined. It's you know why? Because it's a much better show. We had our buddy what Brian Kilmeade on last week. I mean, we had Pete Hegseth on yesterday. Yeah, we had Pete on yesterday. I love Pete. I mean, they're good people. They do a much better show. They're not these. I mean, they get labeled as being Trump supporters, but if you say anything good about Donald Trump. You're you are your character is assassinated. You got this little bubble that these media mob people live in. And you want to know what I've really concluded? They're all very, very fearful people. They're people that need to be loved and accepted. They're people that want to be invited to the parties. And I don't even know what the parties are. They want to they 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 look down. They have disdain against talk radio and you know, guys like Rush and Mark and, and me and, and many, many others, Joe Pags and, you know, Lars Larson and all these local guys and regional guys. I can't name everybody. Larry Elder. They hate us. And on Fox, they hate us even more because we're so dominant. You know, I look at my ratings on any given night. It's like, OK, that's their uh, that that would be their cumulative rating for the for the entire week. Remember, Sean, as Ethan just reminded me. When we were at ABC, these two uh, these two knuckleheads had a show together at our studio at the ex-wife. Oh, that's right. And every they day did. they would come in, and and uh, I mean, literally. But I never saw them there one time that I remember. Well, we were on different shifts. We got in earlier than you because we're prepping the show. By the time you got into the studio, oh, they yeah, had already left. When they left. left radio, they said they were going to come back and syndicate. Syndicate what? Ago? Nobody listened to them. It was horrible. Nobody listened to them on the on the ex-wife station. This syndicating vapidness. I mean, literally, we, they would come in. They wouldn't say hello to anybody. Heads down with the sunglasses on like someone was going to recognize them. I'm like, even if somebody recognizes you, they're not going to stop. Like, I don't What is happening? All right. Am I missing something that whatever it is, is gone? Me caring about these people, you know, like caring about, you know, Wimple. Pimple, the guy at the Washington Post. I looked, I think the guy has like 50 some odd thousand Twitter followers. You know, yeah, I it doesn't at like, really matter you know, because Humpty probably Dumpty, half of them are the bought conspiracy and paid for. theorist. 
I mean, these people are obsessed with us. They fo- they follow our every word. They, I mean, they listen every second minute and hour of every day. These groups are pa- there are people paid to do this to list right now. There are people being paid to listen to me in the hopes that I say something that they can then bludgeon me with. I, I mean, you are a loser, whoever you are in your basement you keyboard warrior in your underpants, you are a total, complete loser. Go live your life. Don't live your life following my life. Jeez, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. You know, the problem is, Sean, is that now we have a new normal, right? So our new normal is whatever we say, it's going to be taken. They're going to find a way to pick out the negative. It does not matter what it is. If it's good, if it's bad, it doesn't matter. They're going to make it worse. They're going to make something nice, ugly. You know, we had somebody on the show a little while ago and we did something nice for them. And then somebody wrote an article up and said, oh, they shouldn't have done that. They should have asked her before they offered her. And I'm thinking to myself, here we are trying to do something nice for somebody. We had a separate conversation off the air. They were so grateful for the moment. And then I read a write-up about it from, you know, one of the left stream media idiots. And it's, they're just killing it. I'm like, why? Why can't you just say, oh, that was nice? Well, I just yeah. don't, there's just no, they don't have the ability to think outside of the box that they put themselves in. It's really, it's very if sad. If I get bored because I'm not resting like I should be on the couple of days off that we have for the holiday, I, I, I might take my shots. What a great idea to take off a couple of days, right? I know, right? Great idea. It's, 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 it's time. We need a little break. Yes, we do. We got 167 days to election day. All right, Linda, Pennsylvania, Linda number two. What's up, Linda? How are you? Hello? Hello, Linda. Hi, Sean. How are you? Thank you for talking to me. I'm very well, thank you. Well, I'm glad you called. Wow, I can't... Okay, I have a story about hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. Go ahead, Um, tell us. I heard about about it on your show and Laura's show, and all of a sudden it was everywhere. But I wasn't interested in it about the COVID virus when they said arthritis patients took it. I thought to myself, whoa. So I went to my doctor and I asked him about it. He said, yeah, we, I do have a couple patients that are on that. And I asked him if I could try it. And he said, sure. Well, I could only afford a half a prescription the first time I got it. And he said, no, don't be, don't be um, impatient. You have to take it a while. Within two weeks, Sean, for the first time in about 30 years, I was able to stand up straight first thing in the morning. Wow. That's how it is. Yes. And that's what the drug is. By the way, it's been around for 65 years, Linda. Um, Tens of millions of doses. The premier expert on this, I think, is is Dr. Uh, uh, Wallace out in Cedar sinai in Los Angeles. 42 years of practice. Nobody's ever, ever had any complication, needed hospitalization. And he said the risk is nil. So, you know, I mean, you go with the uh, army you have, not the army you wish you had. And, you know, a lot of people that have taken this medicine have told us on this program that it saved their life. And as long as there's no risk, as guys like Dr. Wallace say, the association I mentioned yesterday of physicians says and surgeons, you know what? Um, I understand why the president's using it, by the way. And those that use it. Also, it, it, we're studying, we'll find out eventually if it does have any prophylactic uh, qualities. And if it does, that would be good to know, especially for America's vulnerable population, the elderly. Absolutely. There's more to it, though, Sean. I actually ran out of pills and because the druggist told me they would probably not have it for a while. And so I went a few days without it. 
And I thought, oh, you know what, maybe I won't get more. Maybe it's all in my head. Uh, after a few more days, the pain came back. I told my doctor. I got another prescription, and I've been taking it for another week now. The pain's 85% gone now. I'm not saying awesome. I'm pain-free, but I'm able. I, I work out like you. I work out like a bandit every day to keep yeah. my body strong to fight this pain. And this has made my life so much easier. Standing up straight first thing in the morning has been it's awesome. Linda, it's awesome. And thanks I want for sharing thank you for and putting that information out there. Get your Pennsylvania friends to vote. We need you in 167 days desperately. Los Angeles, Cheryl on the Sean Hannity Show, KEIB. Hello. Hi, Sean. Thank you for taking my call, and thank you for exposing the left's agenda day in and day out. Uh, thank you uh, for giving me the microphone. What's going on? I was a liberal Democrat for over 20 years, living in Los Angeles, who left my party because of their continual lies, their socialistic agenda, and um, just not being tolerant of any kind of viewpoint that doesn't fit their narrative. And I got to a point where it's like, bye. And, but I have two questions. One is, I, I see President Trump being bashed every day for anything that he does. doesn't matter. You know, whatever he does, he'll be bashed. And I don't see any European leader getting bashed for anything with this COVID-19. Um, they're all getting a pass. And when I look at the numbers, I mean, I went to real clear po- politics data. And we have, uh, unfortunately, 93,000 people, um, you know, deaths in terms of COVID. And you take four countries, UK, Italy, France, Spain, they have 123,000 deaths, and their population, the four countries together, is 240 million versus our 330 million. Why isn't anybody bashing Macron? Not that anybody the, should be. The percentage any- of, of population, based on the percentage of death, um, we beat nine out of ten European nations. Nine out of ten. Now, they're never going to give the president credit. They didn't give him credit for the travel ban. That one decision was massive. But then the president built the hospitals, manned the hospitals, converted the hospitals to COVID-19, provided every ventilator, provided all the masks, all the respirators, all the shields, all the gloves, all the gowns. And he did it in record time. And these dopey governors in New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania and Michigan, all they did was send COVID-19 patients into nursing home homes, which resulted in a lot of unnecessary death. Correct. And and that's my whole point. I don't, again, this was a virus that was brought in by China. I get it. We, uh, I feel that, um, you know, leaders in every country are doing the best they can as fast as they can. But when they're comparing, when I'm looking at it, you know, with no bias, looking at the numbers, looking, I'm like, why isn't anybody bringing it up? We have 330 million people. And then I look at all these uh, billionaire liberals disguised as libertarians. And, you know, uh, President Trump put a committee, said, you know, come join us, help us bring a committee. And they go on Twitter, like Mark Cuban. Oh, this PPP isn't working. I'm sorry, it is. I see people around me. Who, have, who their businesses have been saved. So where is he getting that from? Just mm-hmm. as sitting in a billionaire home and, and making that assumption? No, it is helping people. Yes, 
whenever you roll out something very fast, in a rush, any business owner knows there's going to be problems. But that doesn't mean money didn't get to the hands of the people. So instead of picking up the phone and calling the president, getting in a committee to help the president, they're all bashing him day in and day out. And I'm telling you, I don't because know. Because they can't, they, they, they literally, they cannot admit that he did a single thing right. And every Democrat needs to be asked, in retrospect, in retrospect, was it the right call of the president? I got to run. Thank you, Cheryl. Los Angeles, go get yourself a good In-N-Out burger. Drive up. I get it. Veggie, get it with the the lettuce wrap and animal style. It's delicious. You're going to love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Uh, all right. That's going to wrap things up for today. Senator Ron Johnson expanding the scope of his and Charles Grassley's investigation. We'll get into that. Senator John Kennedy. We have Larry Kudlow on the opening up of the country and doing it safely. Kerry Kupak from the DOJ. Mark Cuban and Dennis Miller. That's right. Mark Cuban. First appearance that I remember. Could have happened before. I don't. Anyway, that's tonight. Set your DVR. Hannity on the Fox News channel. We'll see you tonight at 9. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. We'll be back on Tuesday. We'll see you then.